0: This morning I'm beginning a brief series of Lenten homilies focused on the temptations of Jesus Christ, which depict three great temptations common to all humanity. We begin Matthew chapter four, verse one. Then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, it is written, one does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. The word of the Lord. In these moments we ask, O God, that you would open our hearts to your word, that we might be transformed by them closer into the image of the word made flesh, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text begins by telling us that after his baptism, Jesus was led by the Spirit out into the wilderness where he was tempted. Here we find further evidence of the role of the Holy Spirit in the incarnation. Earlier, Matthew told us that when Jesus was conceived in Mary's womb, It was from the Holy Spirit. And when Jesus identified with us in his baptism, the Spirit descended upon him in the form of a dove, and he heard a voice from heaven saying, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. It's very significant that Jesus does not receive this designation of being the beloved of God until he identifies with us in his baptism, in an identification that is so total and complete that we have to hear heaven's declaration that all creation is the beloved of God that has been found in Jesus Christ. And then the Spirit leads Jesus out into the wilderness where he is tempted as we are. Do you see, through the conception, through the baptism, through the temptation, the Holy Spirit is driving the incarnation deeper and deeper. The Son of God was born as one of us, baptized as one of us tempted as one of us. After fasting in this wilderness for 40 days, the text tells us that Jesus was famished. And it is in the midst of this tender, hungry human state that the devil comes to him to say, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. It was as if the devil was saying, if you are so beloved, you shouldn't be hungry. Now at first we have to wonder, what is the big deal about this temptation of just turning some stones into bread. It had been 40 days of fasting. Jesus was really hungry. And certainly there is nothing wrong with eating. In fact, we were commanded to eat of the fruit of the gardens. And later in his ministry, Jesus feeds thousands of people. So why does this even rank as one of the great temptations of humanity? Well, I don't think this was a temptation about eating. I think it is a temptation not to be hungry. By created design, we we are born hungry, and we confront appetite every day. But we hunger not just for food and more food. We hunger for more intimacy in our relationships, more healing in our lives and and the lives of this unjust world. We hunger for more joy in our work, more clarity in our sense of mission and purpose to life. But no matter how much of these blessings we receive, We are never full for long. The hunger always returns. And this insatiability confronts us with a choice and we face this choice every day of our lives. Will we choose to live by our appetites Or will we choose to live by the faithfulness of God? And can the faithfulness of God be limited to providing that which we crave? Everybody that Jesus fed during his days on earth became hungry again the next day. Everyone he healed eventually became sick again and died. Everyone he forgave, sinned again. So if Jesus' mission was just to provide temporary relief from these human conditions, then he's nothing more than a magician who can just change the appearance of the way things are for a while. But our souls crave so much more than that. We crave more than more food or or more fleeting moments of happiness. The more that we are craving for is a yearning for the God who provides these blessings. But we get so preoccupied with the gifts that we lose sight of the giver. So Jesus responded to this temptation by saying, it is written, one does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And what was the word that had just come from the mouth of God? You are my beloved. We are all the beloved of God found in Jesus Christ. But we will never be able to treat each other across racial and gender and national identities as the beloved until we first attend to this voice coming from heaven and choose to live by the word beloved that comes from the mouth of God and find ourselves as participants in a beloved community. So when we pray, give us our daily bread. When we pray for for discernment about our choices, when we, we pray for healing in our lives and the healing of this very broken world, when we pray for a more just community, whenever we say to someone, I'm praying for you, what we are saying is that we're placing all of our lives into the hands of this God who has already called us the Beloved. But the very act of that praying renews our belief in our identity as the people who live under these words from heaven that we are the beloved and that transforms our lives, making us agents of God's love to the neighbor, all the neighbors. But when we choose instead, to live by our appetite, we inevitably end up taking our neighbor's bread. In his confession, Saint St. Saint Augustine wrote, what began for me as a joy became a habit. And after being a habit for a while, it became a necessity. Augustine speaks about necessity the way we now speak about addiction. The eating of bread is supposed to be a joy. But anything, whether it's the consumption of bread and wine, or whether it is uh, the consumption of relationships and community and work, or whether it is the consumption of theological degrees, once it becomes a necessity, we inevitably hurt those around us and we distort our own lives into something less than we were created to be. compared to the rest of the world. Most of us already have so much. But for all of us, there is still something missing. Both the things you have and the things you do not force upon you questions of stewardship. The first question is very familiar to us. What are you going to do with what you have? But the second question is much more difficult. What are you going to do about what you do not have? How will you steward your hunger? for the sake of your soul, for the sake of the hungry souls around you. Let it be a call to live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, especially the word beloved. Give us the courage, O God, to respond to our yearning by opening our hearts more fully to you, that we there might discover your heart for the world that in Christ Jesus you were dying to love. Amen.